Hey guys, this is Pastor Mark Warren from Church at the Crossroads. Thank you for checking out our podcast. My prayer is that you're encouraged and challenged as you hear, understand, and obey God's Word today. We're going to look at 2 Timothy chapter 1. This is the last letter that Paul wrote. This is the last words of Paul. You know, Paul wrote a good part of the New Testament, and Paul was influenced by people. And Paul had a young man that he was pouring himself into, Timothy. You know, I went to Bible college with the plan to be a missionary I wanted to do Bible translation, and I was on track to do that. I was taking classes in missions and studying the Bible, and in my junior year in college, I took New Testament Greek, and I was in the class, and next to me, there was a young lady who spoke seven languages, and I realized that I was out of my league. I don't remember her name, but she is a Bible translator. I know that from Facebook, that she is a Bible translator. And God was preparing her to do that with her seven languages. I was struggling learning English because I had to know English to know Greek. And now, you know, praise the Lord. I mean, all these years later, you know, I can read the Greek New Testament. I've grown in that. But God didn't have 40-some years for me to learn it. You know, it it needed to happen a little quicker for me to be effective as a Bible translator. And that was not what God wanted me to do. So... After that class, I had to study two hours a day just to pass. It was very difficult. And so I started thinking, you know, I need to change majors. And, you know, what do I need to do? And and I had a friend, he was in the Bible teaching program. And he said, you know, Mark, the Bible teaching program is really good, but I don't know if you're going to like the lady that's in charge of it because she's kind of tough. So they had like a, a seminar to see if you would be interested in Bible teaching. And what the program was, was to teach you how to teach Bible like in a public school or in a Christian school. And it was very, uh, you know, curriculum-based, a lot of uh, preparing lessons and learning all the methodologies of teaching. So I went into this class, you know, this little classroom for the seminar. And and like most guys, I kind of chilled out in the back of the room. And the lady walked in there, and I noticed first off that she stood straight up, you know, like a, like a drill sergeant. And she said, young men, I need you to move forward. I'm like, oh, wow, she's for real. And she was strict. I mean, I wasn't used to that. I was kind of laid back, you know, and she was very strict. When my lessons were not turned in on time, you know, I got notes on my paper, and my grade was actually dropped. And there was nothing I could say. I couldn't talk my way out of it. I couldn't turn on the charm. I couldn't act humble like I was sorry and get away with it. And some of you guys know what I'm talking about. We're very good when when our hand is caught in a cookie jar. We kind of, you know, we humble ourselves and we act right. And, you know, and sometimes women can be a little soft on us and we get away with stuff. But uh, Mary Faye Phillips was not having any of that with me. And she stayed on me the entire time I was at uh, college because I got into the program, I did my student teaching, and after my student teaching, 
you know, the, the gentleman that I worked with in Roanoke, Virginia, he said, you know, Mark, you probably need to teach in college. You know, I don't think you really can communicate to kids that well. He was, he, you know, he was saying that. And so I'm a big boy. I was okay with that. So I planned to go to uh, seminary. And then Mary Faye Phillips sat down with me and she said, Mark, I don't, I don't believe for one minute what that man said. She said, you are a teacher because God made you a teacher. And I see that gift in you. And she said, there's a little school in Kansas and they need a Bible teacher. And, I believe, and she was probably the only one of the few people in my life that have had enough guts to look at me and tell me something that I didn't see and that other people didn't see. And she said, I believe you're that man. And that was life-changing for me because I spent about 80 to 100 hours a week studying the Bible and teaching. It was probably one of the best things you know, I ever did. A person can make a difference in your life. A person can make a difference, absolutely. There are people who've made a difference in your life. And today, we want to look at how you can make a difference in somebody else's life. And you can do it through Crossroads. You could do it in your family. You could do it in your community. We can continue to do it with the guitar lessons and things like that. You and I can actually make a difference in somebody's life. Because Paul made a difference in Timothy's life. You know, he kind of left all the clues right here in God's Word. It's right there for us where we can see this is what Paul did. This is what we need to do. And it's not complicated. It's something that we can follow. And if we will follow his pattern, you and I will be difference makers. And we might not notice it. It might be years later. What an honor to Mary Faye Phillips that there are men and women all over the world that have fond memories of her. You know, I have friends who, who put it on Facebook and, you know, the toughest of guys, you know, not, you know, she was a tough Vince Lombardi lady who never married. You know, that was her, that was her entire life is her ministry to invest in men and women who wanted to be teachers. Some of them didn't even know they wanted to be a teacher. And what a legacy to have teachers all over the world teaching God's word through the influence of somebody. And you and I in our own fields and, and endeavors can have that type of influence on other people. Let's look at the word of God. It says that Paul's saying, I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did as I constantly Remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you even as I recall your tears so that I may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am sure that is in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and discipline. How did Paul influence Timothy? Well, the first thing we see is that Paul prayed for Timothy. If you and I are going to influence people, we need to pray for them. And I think I've showed you before and told you that in my Bible, I write down prayers for my, my family, my daughters, 
You know, and I pray that they would know God, that they would have a relationship with God. I pray that they will hear, that they will read the Word of God and understand it and obey it. I know that if they will read, understand, and obey God's Word, it will lead them through a successful life. And Paul said he remembered Timothy in his prayers, night and day. So I encourage you, whoever you love and care about, to pray for to pray for the people that you care about and love, that God would use you in their lives, that they would be faithful, that they would come to Christ, that they would grow in Christ, that they would surrender their lives to Christ, and ultimately that they would serve Christ in obedience. Next we see that Paul loved Timothy. You know, this lady I'm telling you about, Mary Faith Phillips, when my father passed away, I received a phone call from my brother, my brother didn't know where I was. Before he called me, he called her and said, I need you to find my brother. He told her. His father's passed away. And she found me, and she, she didn't tell me. She said, Mark, you need to call your brother. You need to call your brother Glenn. And when you call him, call me back. I knew it was serious. I'd already been sick all morning. I mean, we're just made that way. We kind of know. You know, sometimes the body knows long before the mind knows. You know, I felt that sickness that morning. But when I got that phone call, it was devastating. And I've shared that with you. And this lady, uh, when I called her back, she came and she took me to my brother. And for that hour drive, she launched an attack on the devil with the word of God. Sustained me to get in that car with my brother and ride home. See, when you love people and you pray for people, God gives you the opportunity to influence them. Because life is ups and downs. And when you're the one that loves people and cares about them and invests yourself in their life, when they're going through something hard, they're going to trust you over all the people that are just out for some selfish reason. A lot of people want things from you when you have things. But when you're down and out, people who love you are going to act differently. And you and I can be that type of person. We can be the Pauls to the Timothys of the world. Paul said he longed to see Timothy. At his very emotional being, he was invested in Timothy. He cared. And you love your children. And you love many of you love the children of this church. And your love is more important than your ability. God will give you the ability. God will give you the opportunities. But you have to allow the Holy Spirit to, it says the love of God has been shed in us through the Holy Spirit. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to fill you with love for other people. Don't be afraid to care for people. Don't be afraid to invest in people and to pour yourself into them emotionally. Because it's the only thing that can change people. Paul believed in Timothy. He said he was confident that Timothy would continue in the faith of his grandmother. You know, a lot of people don't believe in people. A lot of people, uh, you know, the minute there's a little hiccup, they start doubting. But, you know, the Bible says that love trusts and love believes in other people. 
It's in 1 Corinthians 13. And a lot of people say, well, you know, I, I don't want to trust people. And yeah, we need to be careful and we need to uh, have wisdom. But the last time I checked, Jesus spent three years training Judas. He spent three years training Peter. He spent three years training John. God wants us to step out in faith and trust and believe people. You know, when we spend time with them, believe for an outcome that would be pleasing to God. The next thing we see that Paul encouraged Timothy to use his spiritual gifts. As you get close to people and you get to know people, you know, the Holy Spirit is going to show you spiritual gifts. You know, you have people or you will. Some of you have children and that's an obvious. That's your ministry. That's the most important ministry. And then you're going to meet people at work and you're going to have other relationships that you will be able to influence people and encourage them to use their spiritual gifts. You know, when I was praying about whether or not God wanted me to preach or not, you know, because I, I'd been to Bible college, you know, I'd had that detour from missions and I'd went into teaching and I was a teacher. And by the time I moved to a Hosky, you know, I wasn't preaching. I wasn't even looking to preach. But, you know, it just started. God had a plan, and the pastor said, hey, you know, I'm not going to be there Sunday night. Will you preach? So I preached. And then he said, you know, I, I'm going to start this men's class. Do you want to join me in the men's class? So I went to the men's class. And then he said, hey, you know, uh, I'm not going to be here this week. Will you teach? And then things got changed around, and he was there. So I said, well, go ahead and preach. He said, no, no, I wouldn't do that. You prepared. You go ahead and preach. I'll just come to the class. After the class, he said, you need to be teaching this class, not me. I said, no, no, no. No, he said, it's not an argument. I'm telling you, you're going to teach the class. Okay. See, men and women encourage other men and women to use their spiritual gifts. This man could have been proud. He could have said, well, I'm the pastor. I'm going to teach the class. But he had the humility to say, hey, here's another man who has a gift. I'm going to step back and let him use his gift, and I'm going to take the role of the encourager because now I can send him a message on Facebook and say, this is what's going on, and he can say, praise the Lord. Had he been prideful and tried to do everything, you know, I believe God still has a plan. God would have found a way, but he chose to include this man in the plan through his faith and humility and obedience to the word of God. You know, it is important to recognize spiritual gifts in other people. And if you're in a place where you can help them develop that gift, you step back and be the encourager and let them develop that gift. It puts more men and women on the front line serving the Lord. You know, it is a good thing. It does not minimize your gifts or your abilities to let other people use their gifts and abilities. It builds the kingdom of God, even if they do it a little differently. We are all different. We do things different ways. Variety is good. You know, the people that God calls, the people that God called me to reach were probably different from the people that he called this man to reach.
But God had a plan, and he wanted more people involved in ministry, and the kingdom of God is growing, and we want to be part of that solution. Next thing we see that Paul reminded Timothy of God's promises. There are many promises in the Word of God. He's not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us power. That means authority, love, and discipline. You know that song that we sung, Dry Bones? I was reading in Ezekiel chapter 38, the story really behind that song. And it says, God says, Son of man, prophesy to these dead bones, these dry bones. God gave Ezekiel the authority to proclaim the dry bones to come alive. And in the New Testament, God gives you and I the authority... Jesus said, all authority under heaven and earth has been given unto me. Go you therefore and preach the gospel. So we have been given the authority to preach the gospel. God delegates that authority to us. So we're given authority, we're given love, and we're given discipline. That's also translated a sound mind. That God equips us to do his work of the ministry and as influencers, we need to remind people of God's promises. Next, we see that Paul challenged Timothy. He said, Do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Paul wrote this letter as a prisoner. It was his last imprisonment in 2 Timothy before his execution. But join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. And then finally, we see that Paul warned Timothy, he said, retain the standard of sound words which you heard from me in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in you the treasure which has been entrusted to you. Hold on to the teaching of God's word, the sound teaching of God's word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. You know, the Word became flesh and lived among us, and we have beheld His glory, the glory as the only Son of God. We have to know the Word of God. We have to learn the Word of God. And when we have questions and when we have challenges to the faith, we need to study God's Word and not just uh, give up and, and assume that there's not an answer. So Paul warned Timothy, Finally, how can you make a difference in somebody's life? Prayer will make a difference in someone's life. Also, love will make a difference in somebody's life. You pray for people. You love people sincerely. Faith will make a difference in somebody's life. Believe in people. Believe that God has, what he who, who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Next, encouragement. Encouragement will make a difference in somebody's life. And finally, God's promises will make a difference in someone's life. These are the way um, that we can influence people. I want to encourage you now. Think through who are the people that God wants you to influence. Think of your children. Think of maybe people that you're forming relationships with here at the church or in the workplace. Think of the people that God has supernaturally placed in your life 
and then just pray through how you and I are going to make an influence. You know, young people, you know, Zach and I were talking the other day, and he said, I, I'm going to encourage that young man. See, everyone in this room does this. We just don't know it. We just need to be intentional and follow God's word in it and not just, you know, okay, <laughs> we have to think. You have people you care about and that you want to influence. So I encourage you to think through what is going to be the best way to do that. Pray for them, love them, believe in them, help them develop their gifts, encourage them, remind them of God's promises. And you know what? And if you're looking at yourself and saying, you know what, I'm, I'm kind of feeling bad because I'm not, the, I'm not the testimony that I wish I could be. I'm not setting the example that I wish I could. You know what? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. God wants you to just start over with it. Ask God to forgive you. Come to him and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. And you can come back stronger than you got knocked down. You might be laying on the canvas thinking, I haven't done what I'm supposed to do. Well, Jesus is reaching his hand out. Take his hand, get up, let him wipe the, the, the sweat off of you, the blood off, and clean your, clean your face a little from where the enemy beat you up and get you back in the ring fighting the enemy. You know, Jesus, Jesus is here to heal and to restore and to forgive, not to condemn. This is not a spirit of condemnation here. This is a spirit of love and mercy and second chances. Most of the men and women in this room can say, I wish I'd done this or that. But we come together and say, you know what? The past is gone. I'm looking ahead. I'm looking ahead to the future, and I'm trusting God to use me in the future. And whereas I might have got off in the, path, in the past, I'm going to stay on the path. I'm going to follow these teachings. And what we're going to do is a couple things. Uh, I'm going to put the PowerPoint on uh, Facebook so that if you want to download this PowerPoint, you can look at these, these verses. You can look over this lesson. And then we're going to have a podcast of the sermon, and we'll have that for you. And on Wednesday night, I've got the Bible study printed out. I'll leave it back there. You can pick up a copy. We'll also uh, put it on the Facebook. We, we want to encourage you to be in the Word of God so that your life can change. Thanks for joining us today. Visit us at crossroadsahoski.com for more information, additional resources, and service times.